0: Welcome to Rummin Records, the podcast dedicated to lovers of brown booze and vinyl grooves. Hosted by two cunts called Craig. Coming up in episode 9, in a first for Rummin Records, we take a look at a single album. Kate Renata's 2016 release, 99.9%. We pick some of our favourite collaborators from the album and discover the man behind the alias. On the drinks menu tonight, a rum that isn't a rum And a cocktail that fuses the purple producer's Haitian roots with his Canadian home Craig, here we are
1: once again I like to say that a lot, but here we are once again Episode 9 9, 9-9 busts a rhyme Yes, 9 I can't believe we're here again I'm very excited about this episode As I am in most episodes, but this one I am particularly excited For the first time ever We are going to be concentrating on an album
0: We are indeed We're going to concentrate on an album And what I'd like to do before we talk about anything else Is we're going to listen to the first track of the album Yeah, let's do it And just coincidentally This track is called Track Uno Which, if you don't know, is one in Spanish So let's listen to Track Uno now
1: Here we go So, that was the first track of the album we're going to be discussing on this episode Episode 9 of Roman Records And I'm sure the uh, the more astute listeners will have guessed that that is it and the album 99.9%
0: I Imagine that, we picked an album that's got the number 9 hmm, in
1: it Exactly, episode 9 and the album's called 99.9%
0: it's not only because of the number, like you and I both appreciate this album. We it's really It's an absolutely it. fantastic album. We really do. And something that we're going to explore in this episode is obviously the amount of collaborations that are yeah. in here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we'll talk
0: about that soon. Um, but let's talk about Caterinada a little bit first. Um, he is of Haitian descent. He is indeed. And he, uh, bor- I think he was born in Port-au-Prince. Um, yeah. But left only a couple of months into his life to live in Montreal, Canada.
1: Mm-hmm. Indeed, indeed, and there's obviously a correlation here with the, the sort of French influence in in both countries, and particularly in the region of Canada that he emigrated to, and 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 still I, th- I believe resides into these days. So that makes sense why why we do that. Um, it's an artist that I think deserves more plaudits, and it's part of the reason why we've brought him to the table. He, an actual fact, I was thinking about this when I was. Uh, when I was doing some research, he could have easily been part of solo pseudonyms. He could have.
0: He could have but I wanted to kind of hold back on the whole electronic thing. I know we did Bonobo and stuff like that. And we
1: did a few electronic artists.
0: Bonobo and, B- and Bibio, but then again, I don't want to fill it with a lot of this kind of... Yeah,
1: and he also could have even, arguably, maybe on an unknown pleasures because he's, he's he's not that well known. Certainly in, the, certainly in kind of mainstream circles, but... Uh, we have selected him for this particular podcast where he gets all the all the flora essentially to his. To absolutely his own.
0: now before we dive into Kendra and I's backstory and this album, I thought about what can we drink for the, this yes, episode Craig. now importantly, what can we drink i uh, I recently went to a kind of agriculture show in Scotland, and there was a, an amazing distillery based in Southwest. Of Scotland where I am originally from and they were called Ninefold mm-hmm. um, and I thought oh number nine that would go really well you, however, you, had,
1: you had a wee fucking semi
0: didn't you? I lad? did, yeah. I was like oh, oh. this is going to click together so well <laughs> um, however being part, well being fully Haitian and residing in Canada I actually had this interesting bottle in my drinks cabinet and it's something that we used in our first Unaired episode with Chris Hamley. Yeah, and it's a, a it's a kind of Claran or claren, however you want to say. It. Supposedly the 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 Haitian locals call it claren. Um, claren. Claren. So, claren. Sounds, He's a ball of claren. Sounds Scottish. Um, but it's French claren, and this is claren sujou, which you can pick up for about fifty quid. Woofed Um, and it's it's a claren, which is a type of alcohol that is unique to. Haiti. Haiti, yeah. Now, what's the difference between Claran and rum? Not a lot. Now, claran uses cane sugar. Okay, so okay. it's cane sugar. It's not molasses. That's why it's so light. Uses cane sugar and it goes through the same distillation process as rum. Here's an amazing fact though. In all the Caribbean like all the islands and all the surrounding area yeah. there are 49 operating distilleries okay so just under 50 distilleries for the whole and the of, whole
1: of the Caribbean the whole of the Caribbean that's pretty fucking amazing actually
0: well in Haiti there are over 600
1: distilleries
0: it's 600 distilleries all producing clarin clarin
1: clarin clarin clarin
0: um, um, now it's described that these distilleries are artisan productions now artisan's a one that's been picked up which really just kinda means homemade, like yeah. homebrew. Yeah. Um, most of them are small shacks dotted around the countryside, producing for the consumption in their own villages. Um locally, it can be bought on the roadsides in big plastic jugs. But obviously we have got this really fucking fancy long slender bottle.
1: Yeah, beautiful bottle.
0: Um, it's the only natural rum in the Caribbean, okay? So it only uses natural ingredients. So there are no additives to mm-hmm. it. And that's where the kind of link to rum agricole yes. comes from. Now, if you don't know rum agricole, it's it's something that we've discussed in previous bonus episodes, especially we have um, Craig Smith's very own The Spice Is Right. Come on down. So yes, um, we're going to do Claran sajou, which is probably one of the more readily available clarans it was actually named Drink of the Week by imbibe.com. And it suggests that it can even be kind of brought into, like, straight on the rocks or even into a nice kind of daiquiri. It does have fruity notes to it. Mm-hmm. Just talking about, because we did the spices right, I, I took a screenshot of the tasting notes. And again, it goes over nose, palate, and finish. Oh, yeah. Which seems to be the th- uh, the main three The things. holy
1: trinity of tasting notes nose,
0: palate, and swallow, as Craig would like <laughs> I to say. Call swallow, swallow. Um, so nose—it's got a very big nose. Do you want to have a little sniff of it? Please. <coughs> oh, yeah, it does. So you should be smelling pungent herbs. They're definitely pungent. Damp leaves. Oh yeah, I'm getting herbaceous.
1: Yeah. Mulchy fruit skins. Yeah, it's almost like muddled, like a muddled lines
0: You're not gonna fucking get over this, by the way. Other things that you should maybe get a hint of, and this is something I brought up in the last fucking podcast. Grattle. No, no. Pickled gherkins. Pickled gherkins? We just had pickled gherkins. We just gherkins. Had pickled gherkins. A hint of petrol. Petrol? And Play-Doh. <laughs> Play-Doh. Fuck off. <laughs> Who the fuck makes up these notes? Who anyway? the
1: fuck? <laughs> People have just try to fuck with you. Do
0: you want a little sip out of that bottle so you can yeah, tell us mate. about the oh, yeah, Actually, Go for it.
1: Have okay. a wee swing. Listen, I'm from Hamilton. I'm no stranger of sipping out a ball. Go on.
0: Show us your bum bank best. Now, you should be experiencing something that's softer Whoa. than the nose suggests. Is that softer?
1: Um, yes.
0: Bear f- in mind, I've had this bottle for three years. I might have aged it. Yeah, bottle. the
1: finish was a little bit fiery.
0: Um, spicy cinnamon. Yes. Tarragon. Mm. Overripe bananas. And squishy apples.
1: I'm getting the apples. The banana a little bit, but I wouldn't say overly ripe.
0: Uh, now, the finish...
1: It's quite peppery.
0: You want to give us a little so, kind of length on that finish?
1: Uh, it's a medium length.
0: <laughs> medium long.
1: Medium long.
0: And very clean with sweet green apples and green herbs fading quickly yeah. to anise and a touch of cinnamon spice.
1: Yeah, a little bit of the. I'm getting the anise and the apple for sure. I'm glad. For sure.
0: So we're gonna we're gonna be having this rum or claran, as we should be calling it properly. Can I
1: just uh, interject with one? Fact about this bottle. Please
0: tell us a fact.
1: The oh, I mean, it's nothing like I've f- just looking at the label and nothing like I've f- like no credibility here for me. But it's fifty three point five percent.
0: It's an overproof, and I actually ah. thought about us going for an overproof rum for this ninety ah. nine percent because it's it's a high number, it's a high percentage. So we're gonna go with a, a Haitian delicacy, which is a Claran, but because of the kind of Canadian influence, I thought let's mix it up with maple syrup. Uh, well I did I was actually going to do a cocktail with maple syrup but I thought that was too much effort so (laughs) we're going to go with ginger ale now most people would mix rum with ginger beer a very fiery full on flavour yes we're going to go with ginger ale the brand is Schweppes but Schweppes has been amalgamated with Canada Dry
1: yeah I love those little Canada Dry cans I don't I've never
0: I don't I
1: just like the look of them.
0: I nearly got the miniature cans, but it's too heavy for me to carry, so I got a bottle, well, two bottles. Now, Canada Dry was made by a pharmacist in Canada. Seriously? um, And it's supposed to have kind of health benefits. You know, ginger's really good for travel sickness and like food poisoning and stuff like that. Is it? The main reason that Canada Dry became so popular Mm -hmm. is during the term of kind of prohibition. Oh, yeah. the homebrew was so hard to swallow had yeah, such a hard finish.
1: Yeah,
0: um, that Canada Dry masked those flavors.
1: A long hard finish.
0: <laughs> long hard finish. So what we're going to do is we're going to have Claran with uh, some Schweppes or Canada Dry. Awesome. And that's going to mix the two cultures together. So we mentioned there was many collaborations on this album, and we will talk about Ida in a little bit more depth as we go on. But one of those collaborations was with what I'd like to call. The renaissance man of UK Garage.
1: Indeed, indeed. And are we going
0: straight into We're going to go straight into the actual track itself and then we'll talk about it said renaissance man after us Telling do you remember when we started
1: remember me and you creeping around late at night yeah yeah you held me down when I had nothing and that's the reason I was for you now that I can my hand meets your hand our love is on plastic but here's my credit I'm not gonna max it the fact is it's no stress baby I got this treat you like the queen in Buckingham Palace yeah don't worry about the tag and throw it in so that was uh, the first collaboration track, and if you haven't guessed it already, that was, uh, as Craig described him, as the, the Renaissance Man of UK Garage. Garage, yeah, absolutely. And that was uh, another Craig.
0: Yeah, uh, Craig David.
1: Craig triangular fried. <laughs>
0: the trifecta of Craig. The trifecta.
1: The whole Trinity. and actually uh, on this album and there's many collaborations as uh, Craig mentioned but when I first listened to this album I remember having it on I was working from home I had it in my office and I was playing it right on vinyl and this track came on and it is one for me it is one of the standout tracks on the album and I had this little kind of confused look on my face and I was like that guy sounds like Craig David and I was like It can't be. It obviously can't be Craig David.
0: Yeah. Why would a Canadian, a young Canadian, someone that born in the nineties, yeah, someone who was like fucking what five or six when Craig David became famous, yeah, would feature him on his album,
1: particularly for an artist who pretty much disappeared as well. Yeah. um, After he's kind of shot to fame after his debut album and his
0: collaboration with Sting. Don't forget about that.
1: Well, of course, of course. But yeah, no, I was like shocked and almost almost a little bit embarrassed I was like fuck no I, this can't be I almost like felt a bit like fraudulent that but then that was my initial reaction but when I tend me think about it I thought oh well okay fair enough
0: that's a kind of good reaction as well though because you couldn't believe that a song was that good and it featured Craig David
1: exactly exactly and I, and I thought then I had to like check myself being a bit snobby about stuff like yeah. that. No, well, you know it's a good song. Actually, he can fucking sing clearly.
0: He's a talented boy, yeah. and I think a lot of the the bad press that Craig David gets and the bad attention comes from <laughs> He's, the lamp the lampooning of him. It comes from both selector.
1: It, well, unfortunately, it kind of does, and um, we know we've got a lot of listeners who are not in the UK. So for for those of you not in the UK or those of you in the UK not familiar with Bo Selector, it was the kind of brainchild. It was a kind of sketch show from a guy called Lee Francis, yeah. who produced many memorable characters and different different things in the year. I mean, I love things like Keith Lemon, what he does just now. Absolutely, but, so good. But basically, this show was a kind of a mashup, and it featured these kind of like grotesque uh, sort of rubber masks of people yeah. and basically craig david was sort of a uh, fictionalized and lampooned as being this kind of northern guy and <laughs> northern
0: it, guy with a peregrine falcon called case obviously
1: from the mike the, the um, lee film of and course and he had a piss bag he had a piss bag he was incontinent <laughs> and it, it, it was kind of hilarious actually um
0: but he was famous in that Sketch just like how Daniel Bedingfield was also lampooned. Yeah, and he liked to sing his own name.
1: Yeah, and it came. It kind of, to be honest, it came from
0: this track it did, that
1: we're going to listen to. And uh, Craig David really did reco- recoil into himself, and actually, it be- it became the kind of end of that era of Craig David in some ways, which seems seems like fucking awful, you know. In retrospect, he kind of shot onto the scene in nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. Um and he shares actually a few things in common with me. Obviously his name. Craig. <laughs> uh well, the same age as well.
0: Oh really?
1: I'm the same age. Uh uh and that's where the similarities <laughs> end. <laughs>
0: He shares a lot with me His name's Craig And he was born in
1: 1980 Um, He I mean he's got a lot of money And fame and fortune But I've never had Botox So (laughs) Has he had Botox? (laughs) Oh fuck I. I mean To be fair to the guy He was writing He wrote um, His first number one What would go on to be his number one He was 17 years old When Uh he wrote that Seven Days song And You know he's got talent He he definitely's got talent But he he burst onto the scene In 1999 with a track that we're now going to listen to, and it, and it, and it kind of was a guest focused on this track. I'm going to play it for us now, and we'll Please talk about do.
0: it. yeah. yeah. Um,
1: So for any of you of a uh, similar age to me uh, you, That will probably be uh, a song you'll remember Either from your kind of early, kind of mid-teens Or your early your kind of early 20s But it, it was a bang in tune actually It really Arful was Artful
0: Dodger created a fucking scene by the way
1: They really did And they took a lot of... Uh, this kind of garage—I don't, don't think it was called, maybe called garage in the US—but they took a lot of music inspired from the US and they brought it over to the UK. And they were one of the kind of pioneers, as you said. Yep. And we were chatting there in the in the interim. Interim, and you talked about Fats and Small, and there was a couple other artists that were kind of that kind of became known as this kind of UK garage scene or speed garages. It was it was sometimes known. I've
0: never heard of it called speed garage. Uh, it
1: me. was apparently. It was. It was. It doesn't
0: uh, seem fast at all.
1: Well, some of it's quite fast.
0: Oh, well. So, I mean, Craig David, obviously very um, akin to collaborations, very used to collaborations. Um, just so we don't go into the Craig David show, how is no. how is the Craigie T collaboration? How is Canada Dry and This, I have
1: to say, you, once again, good sir, have outdone yourself. This is fucking delicious. Thank you. Do you know what I love about it most? Like... Um, it it lets the spirit sing Yes It does But it, it, it aids it It guides it along the way It, it adds to it the, the ginger notes in there are, are beautiful It's not heavy It lets those fruity tones it's,
0: it's a, it's, For having no fruit in this drink It's so it's fruity such a fruity drink It's
1: beautiful ah, I love it It's really beautiful I really, am really, really convinced beautiful.
0: that ginger ale um, is the way to go
1: it is. I'm, I'm, I'm delighted to we've gone down this route.
0: Now, I am aware that we're talking about Katernada and we've not actually talked about Katernada. We
1: haven't, so Yet. let's uh, re- rewind and talk about Katernada.
0: <laughs> oh! <laughs> You're all fucking dies back! <laughs> yes! Oh, I am so impressed that you said that. So, Katernada, born in 1992, is, as we say, a Haitian Canadian DJ and record producer. Born in Port au Prince, uh, moved to Montreal when he was just a couple of months old, and actually began to DJ at the age of fourteen. And
1: was he christened Case Ronaldo? What was his name? What was his actual name?
0: Um Louis Kevin Celestan. Or it could be Louis, I don't know. Who knows? It's like Louis Thoreau.
1: But I think he was known as Kevin, wasn't he? He kinda goes by his He does kinda... go
0: by Kevin, just like me, actually. Just yeah, like yeah. you. So here's a fucking here's a little spicy bit of gossip. My name's not actually Craig. What the fuck? It's um it's Samuel Craig Templeton, and that's because my dad's called Sam and my grandpa was called Sam. But they didn't want me to be known as Wee Sammy.
1: We Sammy the Thug.
0: We Sammy the snake. <laughs> <laughs> um so actually Kishanada began DJing at 14. He was actually held back in school three years in a row. He hated school and ended up he being hated in, uh, school. in the same year as his brother. Really? His younger brother. And he really enjoyed hanging about with his mates there. I actually had a band with my brother and his mates as well, so kind of kin spirits there. And it was his younger brother that introduced him to FL Studio, Fruity Loops, as they, as yeah, they call
1: Fruity it. Yeah, Fruity Loops, that's
0: right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, he he's found this um, unique talent for making beats, obsessed with kind of US hip hop. Mm-hmm. So supposedly there's a video out there of him rapping over the top of 50 Cent's Candy Shop. Oh, really? And not actually understanding what Candy Shop was about. He just ah. wanted to be a US rapper. Um, so yeah 9 99%, percent 99.9% is his debut album won countless awards especially the Polaris Award which, that was the Canadian Music Award isn't it? yeah and I have to say here Canada is so supportive of their musical artists other people that have been in that um, kind of awards thing is a bit like Alexis on Fire which was a mm-hmm. hardcore mm-hmm. band mm-hmm. Setting Colour the sub mm-hmm. kind of band from that act Billy Talent another kind of punk band like they can be the most abrasive, non-conformist music, but Canada will support
1: Yeah, but I mean, there's obviously lots of good pop acts and stuff coming out of Canada as well. I think up for that same award was people like Carly Rae Jepsen and stuff like that mm. that year. So a real diverse kind of mix of music in there. But it's great to see that type of artist win. I thought that was fucking awesome. Aye. Based on like we bit like uh, we talked about Dent May back. Aye.
0: The- you with that fucking Beijing Aye, music, exactly, exactly. International. Uh, it, made, it
1: made me think of that. It, it, it definitely did. But it's his debut LP, and today is only LP. Yes. Um, and it has a real kind of. I, I don't know. I mean, you mentioned like hip hop and stuff there, but it's a real kind of genre bending album. It, it does fuse together a lot of different stuff.
0: Those kind of deep house synths yeah. that are going on. Those basslines. That sub bass. He did say, like in some interviews, he's
1: more of a kind of like a dance type persona. That's what he mm-hmm. likes. That and uh, some of his interviews are absolutely that they're, they're really funny, and some are quite poignant. We'll probably get to, but uh, he talks about like um, being on a gig, and I uh, was one interview I read. I can't remember what it was, but he says he was really like quite quiet and reserved, and you know, going to he's like changing room, and he starts talking, and, like, the minute he goes out on stage, he's like, "Ah, right, I don't want you motherfuckers to be sitting there bobbing your head, slowing your phones every two minutes, want dancing, I "I want you to get into this gig, he wants that kind of whole dancey kind of vibe, which is, which is quite cool, because, like, that whole kind of, like, hip-hop scene can be very much kind of a bit too, kind of, like, a bit too cool for school, almost, Um, but I I just, he, he comes across as being, like, a really fun an interesting
0: guy. I think he's um, he's got such a personality because he's been through a lot and he's so down to earth. A lot of the interviews that I read about, he was still living in the basement of his mum's house. Yeah. Sharing a, a basement bedroom with his brother. Um and that was even after he got famous from his first um his first kind of exposition to the limelight. Mm. Which was when he done an unofficial remix of Janet Jackson's If.
1: Oh, that went fucking huge, didn't it? So
0: he's been described as a SoundCloud superstar and I think it be, it'd be best if we maybe play like a little snippet of that track.
1: Yeah, let's do that now.
0: we go um complete rework of the original definitely um a man managed to get a lot more emotion out of janet jackson's (laughs) voice there definitely and it was on the back of that that he managed Mm. to get his first kind of bookings as a dj first time he went on a plane since moving to canada as a a young infant and after those string of dj performances madonna personally called him Personally called him and asked to warm up uh two of his two of our
1: shows. It was two shows, it was one in uh, Canada, one in the US.
0: Yeah. That mean Which is incredible for such a young artist as well. So he's no um he's he definitely kinda caused a, a shake up on the scene.
1: And he was like uh, like a number of like I don't want to like say he's a hip hop artist, because yeah. There's so much more going on there.
0: I would say, like, a lot of people in a lot of interviews and a lot of, like, um, reviews have called kind of genre-defying, genre-bending.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, no, absolutely. and But he did start his career like a lot of those type of artists did, where he was, like, more of a like, producer, DJ, collaborator, remixer of a lot of these tracks. And he continues to do stuff like that, but he's very much an artist on his own right. And there is a lot of collaborations on this album. But there is also tracks that he is just created himself.
0: Well, supposedly one of the things that um, really um, made him feel quite down on himself, especially living in a basement of your mum's house, mm. is that yeah he was famous for doing DJ and stuff, but really he wanted to be known for his actual artistic output of his own. And one true thing that he really wanted to do was make beats for yeah. hip hop artists.
1: I mean, this like kind of how like people like Kanye West and stuff started, and but. He is like he he does put me in mind of and I know he is influenced by people likes of like and we're not massive hip hop fans but like artists like Madlib and Jay Dilla that kind of whole kind of chopping and cutting stuff up and he he has said he's like an obsessive collector of like kind of esoteric sounds you know he does like all these kind of weird random. Uh, records it'll get for like little clips of like uh, like stuff
0: well I was wanting to touch upon his record collection as well because he has a, an avid record collection and he was once quoted saying I barely buy any records that are made past 1989 um, and although that was an exaggeration yeah. like a lot of the sounds that he uses especially in the tracks where it's just him his yeah. non-collaborative tracks yeah. I think there's only five of them on this album um, are quite retro
1: Yeah Do you know I have to say like Reading some of his interviews I was really inspired He he talks a bit A lot about um, Like Brazilian music And yes. stuff like that And he's like You know what There's so much good stuff out there If you just kind of Open your mind to it And he's like You could discover Literally an album That can be one of your Favourite ever albums But he, d- he does talk a lot About mainstream stuff as well And he, he wants to understand What people are listening to In the 80s And the 90s And like Because As you said You know He was born in like Early 90s So he, he understands that like, there's all this music that's gone before him mm. that he could potentially be missing out on if he's always just looking for like new shit. And I think there's a lesson really there to be learned um, by everyone. And I think you and I are are kind of very much in that camp of, you know, yeah, we're open to new music and new artists and all that kind of good stuff, but there's so much good shit there. And, you know, not just kind of mainstream stuff and not just stuff in the kind of Western world. Go, go and seek out it's slightly more unusual stuff.
0: Absolutely. Now um you mentioned collaborations. This um podcast is not only dedicated to this album but the collaborators as well. And round right about this time where Catron was making a name for himself, this next collaborator was also making a name for himself. Yeah. Um the track is known as Glowed Up and it's with Anderson Pack. And we're gonna listen to that and then discuss them a little bit more in detail after. Even if I slowed up i to last all damn I've been glowed up feeling like the only one I get. So there we go, um uh, collaboration between Anderson Pack and Kay Trenada, the star of our podcast. And it's really interesting. A lot of the tracks on Kay Trenada's debut and currently only album are kind of split into the two. There's like a kind of prologue and an epilogue. There is. Um, and so much so, like in, in the first track, Track Uno has that. Yeah, Even the Craig David track kind of has that. But this one is so apparent. It's it as does. if there's two tracks. And I remember always kind of listening to this and thinking, is that a new
1: track? It's kind of like a hallmark of his, isn't it? It really it seems feels to be.
0: like it. Um, and it really suits Anderson Pack as well because not only is he a, a synced kind of rapper mm. and very legible, but also he's, he's such a smooth, soulful, oh, yet funky voice. Yeah. And it works really well there. Um, there's other, like, this isn't just a hip-hop thing. Like, one thing, one track that really stands out to me that's... Prologue, epilogue, like part one, part two. Mm. Derek and the Dominoes. Oh, Layla. Layla, of course. And that, I remember watching Goodfellas for the first time. You know that bit when they all reveal all the dead Yes, of... yes. And I'm like, this track is amazing, what track is this? Exactly. And then it says Layla, and I'm like, what? What? Because you've only <laughs> heard the... You've only heard <laughs> the... Exactly. <laughs> I can't believe
1: we're just having this conversation. But uh, yeah. I thought the exact same thing.
0: I just love it. Oh my I god! I mean, this this gives me that kind of vibe at the same time, like Why? two different tracks in one. Uh, I,
1: if, if there was any other doubt of our romance, <laughs> it's get reaffirmed by that comment. Thank you, Craig.
0: So, Anderson Pack really came to my attention when I mean I subscribed to Tiny Desk performances. Oh, I fucking
1: love Tiny Desk. Tiny Desk
0: concerts sorry. And, um, if you don't already know, it's it's NPR. the National Public Radio of of the US invite acts along to to perform at somebody's desk and it's called the Tiny Desk Performances and they've had huge artists like Adele has played there mm-hmm. um, I think what's her favorite Lizzo has just played oh, recently Lizzo That's when Lizzo. she gets the flute out Lizzo one's amazing <laughs> um, but the one that really defines my listening experience and the one that I really enjoy and I listen to all the time and I wish they would I wish they would produce fucking a vinyl of some of these records That's good is Anderson Pack's one Yeah. Sure um, which he actually plays the drums while performing Like He performs all the vocals while playing the drums. And that's with his band known as the Free Nationals. Is that what they're called? Yep. And before we listen to any more of them, I think what we're going to do is play that right now. And it's going to be the the live performance from there. Um, On our playlist, I can't really provide you with that link. We will have the album track itself on the Spotify. So we're going to listen to a little clip of that right now. I want to get down see your Let me get the full scope. So that was Anderson Pack on NPR's um, Tiny Desk Concerts, which is a fantastic episode, probably one of the best ones out there. Um, But if you've never really experienced that, definitely go and check it out. Just search for Tiny Desk. Now, Anderson Pack is a really interesting guy. Again, he was... um, He's had quite a good background. Um, He originally was a teacher at a music school. Really? Yeah. Um, And then in 2011, prior to being a successful working musician, he was working at a marijuana farm, but then was let go without warning and actually became homeless with his wife and child. Oh, shit. Which is amazing because in two years later, he actually produced and this is one of my favourite things he produced an EP called Cover Art Now, it was inspired by white artists of the 1950s who achieved commercial success by remaking songs by black blues and R&B That's cool, artists um, while hardly ever compensating the original artists So what Cover Art did was flipped on its, on its head mm-hmm. and he took successful white music and put it into the mould of soul, funk, jazz, hip-hop and RB. Okay. Without kind of giving money yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I really like that. That's cool. Um, he does have a new album coming out, uh, or has already came out on April 12th, 2019. And it features artists like Andre 3000, Smokey Robinson. Smokey Robinson? That's a good track. Brandy. There's a blast from the past. Oh, fuck. And also, fucking Nate Dog, Pre-Coffin Nate Dog.
1: Oh, she's dead now
0: Ah yes um, And the really interesting thing Is he featured on Dre's Kind of Comeback album Of the 2010s Um. So obviously uh, Dre 2001 Was his comeback album In the early 2000s Did he have 2010 comeback album? Compton it was called It was like a soundtrack To
1: Compton See I was over hip hop then Obviously Because I didn't listen to that Obviously I loved 2001
0: That oh, was a great album
1: See, Some of the beats on that album Are fucking dun, 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 dun. Ah, yeah, so And good. then And then <laughs> it's going to
0: translate really well in a podcast anyways <laughs> that album featured a lot of guest perfumes um, perfumes <laughs> <laughs> guest
1: <laughs> he's wearing full of briefs he's wearing full of perfumes <laughs> <laughs> it's the funniest thing ever yes
0: <laughs> it featured uh, a lot of guests. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's been really funny. Appearances <laughs> I was trying to say performances and appearances at the same time. <laughs> appearances from um, Anderson oh. himself. So that got a lot of kind of universal acclaim. And now Dr. Dre is the executive producer on all his albums. Oh, really? And actually published on, obviously, um, Aftermath Entertainment. After- now, Anderson bag has got a kind of... He's, he's got an interesting look. He's got this amazing set of teeth. Like this fucking massive like set of set umpers, nashers. And uh, he's actually got a tour going on right now called... Best teeth in the game tour. Big teeth in the game tour. Yeah, it's kind of interesting who he's, produ- he's got support him. So he's got artists like Thundercat. Oh yeah, and Mac DeMarco, DeMarco are supporting him oh, on nice. this tour. Um, Eclectic. Yeah, but something that I really that I really love, like I said right at the very beginning, is this kind of two part mm-hmm. to one song. Yeah, it's it, it's definitely
1: there. a hallmark for me. It it definitely is, and it's like. Revisiting this album again recently and having like been listening to it almost like on repeat for the last couple of days, it, it, you do think something's like is that a song? Is this a different track? And you mm-hmm. do. You have to like, almost like check your your phone if you're listening on digital. Mm-hmm. Um, but even on even on vinyl, even more so because there's no real distinction of like what's the next track. Yep. Uh, but it's cool. I like it. It's it's, it's interesting. It's different. Um, I like that kind of whole kind of narrative to it it's really cool
0: cool so we're going to move on to an instrumental track again a collaboration this time with another Canadian act
1: yeah another Canadian act and I'm just going to play this and then we'll chat about it after So that was uh, another collaboration with, as Craig said, another Canadian artist, Bad Bad Not Good, the Toronto-based jazz hip-hop fusion quartet. And before we uh, talk about that, we're going to jump back a little bit. Ah, I was going to say re-rewind again, but Craig said, don't do it, I'll cut it out. (laughs) So we're going to jump back and talk a little bit more about A, The Drink, and B, a little bit more about Katrin So Craig... Can we talk a little bit more about the drink?
0: We definitely can. I'm enjoying it. Um, of course I am. I, I chose these two. Um, but how are you finding it?
1: Do you know what? I feel really classy. I right. feel classy, but drunk. I get cl- that. But drunk classy. I mean, this bottle is absolutely stunning. It's elegant. It's long-necked. Absolutely. It looks like an expensive, almost like, I don't know dessert wine or something like yeah. that. It's it, it it's beautiful. But with that uh, ginger ale, the canada dry. It just it's just it's a marriage way in have because it doesn't it doesn't mask this the taste of this beautiful um rum not rum but this chlorine.
0: I have to say it definitely um it's one of the one of the only times that even though I've added the mixer, I can taste every single flavour mm-hmm. dimension mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of the, the the alcohol that's indeed. given to me. Indeed, indeed. indeed. I, I also can't really taste this ginger ale too much. I mean, there's a slight hint.
1: No, no. But really. it
0: takes off that alcohol burn.
1: It does indeed. It and does. replaces it with just the kind it of nice
0: muteness, so that you can enjoy what's what's being given to you. So I'm loving it. Good. Good. Um, Bit. Please, give us a little bit more about
1: Catering, Adam. Well, I thought we should talk a little bit more about our main man, because we've kind of talked a little bit about his collaborators. Um, I just find, like, listening to and reading his interviews, he's such a fun dude, and he loves a good swally, as we say in Scotland. He likes a good drink, and uh, he's, he's friendly with uh, the UK duo Disclosure. He's done some remixing stuff for them. He talks about going out partying with them and he commented, he's like, I've been getting way too wasted and drinking way too much Hennessy. And he's like, <sighs> <"You> can- <laughs> he's, he's like, you can't mix that with anything. He's like, I actually threw up in disclosure van <laughs> <laughs> in the after party. He's like, someone mixed that shit with iced tea and hit and it was way too sweet. He's like, I was a mess. I threw up in a bag and I, I just I
0: fucking I, love that I never read that in I Netflix
1: just love cool. he's, he's just such a cool guy he's a
0: young guy I mean to be honest the interviews that I've read mainly the 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 the, the fader one that yeah, yeah. Which
1: Wait, what, is the well? Actually, we just talked about this just now. Good, good, the fader good one, which
0: is lays it all out on the table, and it's really interesting to hear these stories because, from what I read from the fader one, he's only finally um, announcing who he is and agreeing to who he is, yeah. and accepting who he is as a as a gay man, um, and had never really kind of went out in the town too much, never hung out with um, no. people of his own sexual <laughs> preference. Yep. Um, So it's really heartening to hear these stories that obviously I've not been privy to. I've not really kind of delved as deep as you. Um, So it's nice to hear that.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. So anyway, back to Bad, Bad, Not Good. So the track that you just heard was um, "Way Off. And it was a a collaboration with a fellow Canadian band, Craigie Said. And let's chat a wee bit about Bad, 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 Not Good. I own... Technically speaking Two albums with this band But really only one Which is their fourth album That's called Just like 1V So it's just four and That's the
0: one with the Towels Yeah
1: no. they We're in the Towels Almost like togas And it came Via The Vinyl Club Finally, Me Please It was part of that I think it was part of the, One of the records of the month And I hadn't really heard much About them before that But the, the, the I did really like it Really cool vibe They fused together That kind of Jazzy Kind of with hip hop
0: Well they became famous for doing covers of hip hop songs Well and this that is it. Style, didn't they?
1: So they famously The three kind of main guys Who were like friends They added a fourth kind of member uh, When they were at College or whatever they were at stu- They studied music They were obviously jazz musicians And their like main uh, Sort of a teacher at the time Saw them play live, and they they covered a lot of like hip hop songs. And he told them, basically, don't pursue music, don't pers- don't pursue a career in music because that was fucking terrible. Basically, <laughs> which is kind of hilarious now. Stop now. Basically, like that was fucking shite. Just do not do it. Um, their name is kind of strange. Bad, bad, not good. And it came via a friend who. Was in the kind of TV industry And it was apparently earmarked for some series Some sitcom that never ever happened So they kind of Took it Took it and thought oh, we'll use that That's a good band It
0: reminds me of Chewing the Fat Good guy Good guy Aye. Good guy wank.
1: wank 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 Good guy Wank wank. Good guy Good guy Wank um, The uh, The second album I own is a Late Night's Tales album So
0: Which we've talked about before We
1: have indeed We've talked about Bonobo And a couple of other artists And bin etc some really cool shit on there, um, some stuff that we've mentioned previously on the podcast. Uh, the opening track is a Boards of Canada track.
0: Is it?
1: Yes, I've not
0: listened to this co- um, compilation.
1: It's really good. Uh, they've also got people like Thundercat, like who's it. also appeared on the pod.
0: And is this the double orange vinyl? Or do you use it the black one? I think I'm just get the black one. Because I'm sure they released it on double orange
1: as well. Uh, no, shit, I maybe do it with the orange
0: Shows how much you listen to it.
1: I've listened to it once. I'll be honest.
0: Typical Vinyl Collide.
1: Uh, but they've also got some cool shit on there, like Stereo Lab, Charlotte Day Wilson, who... I Who the fuck's Charlotte Day Wilson? Uh, very soulful kind of current American singer. She's on the album as well, and I almost chose that track to talk about them. But I well, you
0: should have.
1: I should have, and I put it on one of our playlists, and you should have fucking heard it.
0: <laughs> but what track have you picked?
1: Well, I've picked... Um, so I go Time Moves Slow
0: the best track on the album I would say it
1: possibly is yeah it
0: definitely is and it fe- the only one I remember it from the album
1: features almost like a, a kind of hero of ours like a kind of
0: <laughs> in some ways yeah that's really it's quite comical Um I I try and recall who first showed me the video of them playing live well
1: you showed it to me so I know well that. I
0: did but I can't remember where I found it but yeah, um Future Islands. Singer yeah. um, Samuel Herring, is that his name? Samuel T. Herring. Samuel T. Herring. Not to be confused with Samuel yeah, Herring. Samuel Herring, yeah. Um I really like this track. It's great. And it's interesting that the two people that you've talked about also collaborated with other artists. Yeah. Um. Interesting enough that I don't have anything to say about it.
1: Well, you know, Future Islands are like. When Craig showed me this video. My, my my first reaction was just hilarity, and I was like pissing myself watching this kind of really energetic. Uh, did
0: you see him live?
1: I did see him live. <laughs> I, I went to Manchester to see him, and it was like uh, he didn't disappoint. Let's put uh, it that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was he loves that
0: pub. I've seen him freestyle,
1: he was cr- it was crazy with the energy and the dancing, the, uh, the Cossack and the. Deriving of the hips and all this kind of stuff, but um here he's he's more than he's kind of like because he's a bit of a crooner, isn't he?
0: Oh, definitely.
1: And he's he's in pure crooner mode. The interesting thing about this track, when you actually listen to the lyrics, it's really sad.
0: Absolutely, it's, move slow.
1: It's it's basically a breakup song. And it's it, also
0: got that kind of lonesome organ. Yeah. Something.
1: The bass and it is amazing, and that kind of that kind of with the drums as well. it's just such a nice track so I'm going to play it for you now and we'll have a little chat about it after
0: Running away is easy It's the living that's hot, hot And loving
1: you was easy It was you leaving it's car pop. But what was I to do Couldn't help myself falling in love with
0: you. There we go, Samuel T. Herring. Such a soulful voice. Actually, reminds me of a lot of um old um, soul singers. <laughs> like old lady. It's kind of like an old lady. That was really insightful, Craig. Yeah,
1: such a soulful voice. It me of old souls. <laughs> Fuck off. That was so lazy that's lazy
0: it sounds like an old woman <laughs> no but emotive I think he yes anyway I don't really like it um, but I know that you want to say things before we enter our last track so please. no I was just
1: I was going to like wrap up on on uh, Bad Bad Not Good an artist that was kind of like thrust upon me in some ways via the music club which I'm glad they did in many ways but I was it's a, it's a wee bit of a humble brag you know I like to do that. Uh, in New York last summer, and I was staying in Brooklyn, and there was a free gig in Prospect Park, and Craig T calls it a concert. Uh, sorry, not a festival. It was a festival. It was outside.
0: <laughs> it was in a park. How many people it played? Was a, How many people played? Just them. It was it wasn't just fucking them. Them. them.
1: No, it was one other person. a festival. Shit. <laughs> yeah. <was> a sport <laughs> act. And it
0: was, it was fucking, was I mean, kinda cool.
1: it was a free concert.
0: That's the one Where it was wet in the grass And you had to get stuff To sit on it
1: Yeah well I bought a I bought a picnic No what do you call it A picnic blanket Picnic blanket Do you know remember I bought it At the M&M shop In Times Square oh, For a what? fiver Just for that concert Well no Because we went to We went to hang that day? Central Park Central Park that day
0: That's cool
1: uh, It was it was cool. I had to really convince Jillian to go because she's like, I don't know, who's this band?
0: You mean it's got a minus three star rating? Bad, bad and not good? Exactly. Not good I
1: had to try and like massage this and a uh, really good gig. Uh, I went to get drinks at one point and I came back and Jillian wasn't happy because there was some pricks playing frisbee and someone spilled a drink over her. So I was like, oh, fuck. I
0: remember you saying
1: that. That aside, it was a good experience. So... Anyway, that was bad, but not good. That was Samuel T. Herring, and we're going to move on to our final collaboration, and we're going back to Samuel Craig Templeton.
0: So we're going to finish this with another um, collaboration. Obviously, the collaboration with is with another UK artist. And in fact, it's a UK artist that really kind of turned me on to this kind of. Kinda of new garage, if you know what I mean. Like there was garage back in nineteen ninety nine. Is it how, how you spell new? N e u. Neue garage. Noy garage. Noy garage. Um. But this artist also is probably more famous for their collaborations, something that I was shocked at because I really only listened to their first album. Um, the track is with Aluna George. So also on this is a uh, collaboration with the rapper or the MC, Goldlink, who appeared on the Celestics album, which is actually Kei and his brother as a duo. So Goldlink comes into the actual full... Cool, cool. Um... Uh, full release from Cater Adam we're not going to talk about them though, I want to focus on Aluna George because they're an artist that I've been following since their inception into the music industry, but we're going to listen to that right now, the track is called Together It's hard to let it go it away, and never it. Seems so much more so intense, so you never Find a way to forget To forget, to be Unconditional So there we have it, our last collaboration that we're going to talk about tonight. Obviously there was a lot more collaborations on that album, um, so many, and it really kind of makes the album what it is. Yeah. But the reason why I talk about Leonard George, it was, it was one of the, like I said, the first acts that really kind of got me into this new sound of, a, indeed, of, of indeed. UK electronic music. Um, so Leonard George are an English duo from London. And they consist of singer-songwriter Aluna Francis and producer George Reed. And their first initial release was mm-hmm. a single called You Know You Like It, which is like actually the the release that kind of caught my attention. Yeah,
1: and we will... Uh, we'll
0: we're definitely we're going to we're play, gonna, play we're gonna, that. We're That's going to be the last track that, that, that we're we But we'll talk about more things. Interestingly enough, I heard this track, um, and this is only for UK people, but you know that program on Channel 4 Sunday Brunch with fucking what's his face and the other cunt
1: Oh, with t- hello Tim hello what's his cunt Simon Rimmer Simon by it's the way it's
0: love joy is
1: it I had an argument with Simon Rimmer on Twitter did you aye you
0: baldy bastard
1: yes exactly
0: anyways between their breaks they always play like kind of latest music and this yeah. was one of the tracks really yeah aye um, and I, I loved it and um, I remember listening to it all the time and it took a couple of years for the actual album to come out um, now interestingly enough, when you go into Aluna George on Spotify, their most popular track is You Know You Like It, but it's a remix by some prick called DJ Snake. And really? it's had 328 million plays. Fucking hell. Three hundred and twenty-eight million plays. The and and in fact, most the most played songs by Aluna George are all um collaborations. Ones that they've appeared on other people's tracks. Hmm. Most notably, I would say Disclosure, who we just discussed. We talked about Disclosure, yeah. Um Aluna George were on the track White Noise, and it reached number two in the UK. That, singles that
1: Disclosure album is actually pretty good. It's not too dissimilar for some of the vibes Ketra creates, yeah. create, so I can see why they were like, friendly.
0: I mean, one of the things I don't really understand is when you're collaborating, only one person's the vocalist and the other person's the producer. What role does the producer actually take in those collaborations? Who knows? I don't know, and I can't give you that answer right now. Anyways. Who knows? Um, the debut album is called Body Music. It came out in 2013. It has singles like You Know You Like It, yeah. Your Drums, Your Love, Attracting Flies, and Best oh, Be Believing. Attracting Flies is really good. Attracting <laughs> Flies is great. It's talking about like, like how much shit you're talking. Like yeah. Your, your talk is Attracting Flies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so many good tracks. I, I I really love the vibe that the producer brings. So George Reed actually used to be a guitarist in a in a math rock band called Colour. Really? Um what but he really bands, does appreciate minimal production like the Neptunes. Yep. And just like a lot of people, the music his approach to music making kind of stems from being lost in all this software that's now available to him. Mm uh and the two actually met when George Reed was produced um remixing a Luna previous group called My Toys Like Me um so he was remixing her band and then realized that it sounds really fucking good and they they made an album together cool that album is amazing i've got it on vinyl do you it's, it's very very heavy um i think what? it's a That's double sweet. heavyweight vinyl really yeah it's so good. Like I said, it's got so many amazing tracks on it. We are going to listen to You Know You Like It. um, But we're getting near the end of the podcast. We well, are indeed. Uh, and one thing I would really like to say is this fucking drink is fantastic. It really is. I'm so impressed by it. I mean, if I do say so myself. No, I, never, no, I never trialed it before. I just knew that something like this would would go really well. I it, t- it doesn't interrupt the natural flavours of...
1: This clarin No 100% And I take my Proverbial hat Off to you I doth I, I cap I doth One's uh, Imaginary cap To you Craigie Because you have I think In this instance Outdone yourself Yeah This is delicious It really is It's delicious And I My glass is empty right now And I'm going to be charging this Very Very soon And the I'm glass. going to be drinking Another tasty glass of this Concoction that you have Created with this beautiful fusion of Haiti and Canadia.
0: <laughs> Canadia
1: Canadia Just like the man himself, Kedronada. It's basically a fusion of those two things. And then he also fused together himself with
0: other artists. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's gonna be crap. Got himself deep inside other artists. Um, but no, this is the first time we've ever done a podcast, K- like Craig said, about an actual album itself. This is a fantastic album. 2016 was a fin- like an absolutely unbelievable time in music, and there are certain albums out there that really define one's musical taste, and this is one of them. And I'm so glad that we got to spend our ninth episode discussing this album.
1: Yes, absolutely, and it's like it's one of those albums that we hope that you maybe hadn't heard of, or you hadn't really come across, or hasn't spent much time on. So please, we as a word we have to say, implore, implore you, implore you to seek it out digitally, ideally on vinyl. Go and go and buy it and support the artist. It's a it's a really phenomenal album.
0: Yeah, and um, to finish this podcast, we're going to play an a uh, record we're going to play a single that wasn't on this album. Uh you've heard enough from this album so we're going to leave it to our final contributors. This is Aluna George and one of the best tracks out there, it's such a fucking sublime bassline. It's not the remix, it's the original, the OG. The OG. This is you know you like it and we are signing off.
1: Good night. Cheers.
0: your eye on my every move there's no need to be so damn cruel cool. maybe you've got nothing to prove i'm no fool no i'm not a follower i don't take things as they come if they bring me down so with that banger we're at the end of our podcast that was k 99.9%. If you enjoy the podcast, don't forget to subscribe on any provider. And you can follow us on all social medias at Roman Records. You can find our playlists on romanrecords.com where you can also email us with any suggestions for future episodes. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.